Welcome to the Smart Firefighting Podcast, part of a special edition series at FRI International in Dallas, Texas, with the Teak's product development team. In this series, we explore a range of innovative technologies that are changing the game at public safety. Stay on the lookout for upcoming events such as Defense to Response and the Under Fire events with Teak's. To stay in touch, please visit teakspdc.com or smartfirefighting.com. We hope you enjoy listening. Hello, everyone. Kevin Sofen here in the Smart Firefighting Innovation Corral podcast, sitting with Andreas Huber, CEO of First Do. Andreas, welcome to the podcast. How are you doing? I'm doing great. Thanks, Kevin. Tell me, what is the problem that you set out to solve, and how does your technology provide a solution? It's an awesome question. So, pre-incident planning is a massive challenge for departments of all sizes around the country. It's often a major thorn in their side, although it's a very important aspect of being prepared it's not a very enjoyable activity. And the reason for that is because collecting information on structures is time consuming, and it's just very difficult to visit a large number of buildings on some sort of regular frequency to keep that information up to date. And then at the end of the day, most of that information, it's just not in a very usable format. And so what our, what our, and it's not very valuable to the end user, which is the line crew that are actually meant to go out and collect the information and meant to benefit from it. So the way that our solution solves for that is we're going to programmatically gather information from data sources with such as the tax assessor, building department, your own records within fire RMS or inspections, hazmat data, as well as geospatial data inside Esri or other open data platforms like Socrata. And we bring it all into one place for you. So what was done before? So the way actually this, this gets done before is either it gets ignored and doesn't get done at all, um, or you know, guys will go out and they'll, with pen and paper, they'll fill out maybe an occupancy form, they'll do a walkthrough inspection, that gets either entered into an RMS, which is essentially a digital filing cabinet, not really usable or accessible during a call because they don't have time, and or it gets digitized, turned into a PDF, that form gets sent over to a GIS department, and at some point in the future, it might end up as a point on a map or caution notes in mobile CAD, but kind of a frustrating process for the end user. Yeah, I imagine, and, and we live in this world where we have so much data. Data is almost a double-edged sword where we have so much of it, and it's like, well, you, you can if you can use it, that's great, but you don't want to create an extra task for a firefighter to need to have to do an extra step. So how is it that now you're taking all this data in and then creating a tangible, actionable platform that allows them to use it for better pre-incident planning? That is such a fantastic question because that's the, the next fundamental component of the solution, which is we've now we've acquired all that data, but we all know too much data is too much data. And please, as a responder, do not give me one more thing to think about. So that's where the system is highly configurable where we translate the information into this very firefighter-friendly format where literally I can gain insights just by glancing at the screen. I don't look for anything because what I've done is I've configured the system to tell me what I care about if and when those conditions exist. So if there's a failed suppression system at a commercial building that I'm on my way to because there's a structure fire there, that's when I want to know they've got a, an issued violation and a failed test. But I really don't care to know about the 50 past inspections over the last 10 years. Yeah, so I saw that there was all these different considerations. What are these different considerations and what, what information do first responders actually need to know that can give them better context on how to respond? Perfect, so 
when you think about responding to, let's say, a residential home, around the country, the only information guys are getting is the type of incident and the location, and maybe some updates coming from dispatch along the way from the, call to, from the caller. But they don't know necessarily if they're showing up to a mobile home, a thousand square foot ranch, or a 4,500 square foot multifamily with a pool, a basement, a finished attic, and maybe solar panels on the roof, right? Or maybe there's an occupancy violation. There's actually three families living in that, in that small house. Information that you'd never get before until you get there, and you always have to figure it out once you arrive on scene. And that's just on the residential side. Yeah, makes sense. And and so I, I heard one of the, the fire chiefs come up here and ask, and make the, I, he made the statement of area familiarization. So that seems to be something that everyone needs to have that context on what to do and how to, how to best respond to the situation once you have the information at hand. But how, how does this tool give them that area familiarization and then some, and give them that, that context that unless you had like an experienced veteran, this tool seems to serve as that sort of conduit link to that context that you really need to better do your job. Absolutely, and, and so a couple challenges there for a lot of fire departments where they might have younger staff coming up and don't know the area as well as some of the older, older guys who have been sort of veterans there, as well as you know, larger jurisdictions where shifts are spending time on one part of town and then when they're actually going on a job to let's say the other part of town, they might as well be on mutual aid because they don't actually know those buildings at all. And so what a lot of people will say is with first due, literally overnight, it's like having that 35 year veteran riding alongside you on every call because we bring such an amazing baseline of information on all structures and then give you an unbelievable tool to sort of really build out either super simple or super complex pre-plans on maybe your target hazards in a standardized way. So what does the adoption process look like for a customer? It's like, hey, I want to use this. Do you have, is it just the software, is it the app, or how do they go about actually getting it and using it? Yeah, so it's, um, it's an annual subscription, and getting up and running takes four to six weeks, usually, and little to no work by the fire department, by IT or by GIS. They actually don't need to really get involved. And we go through an initial go-live, after that, after we have the system up and running for them, and usually it's a it's a, a team of maybe 10, 15 people who are familiar with the with the system. Maybe they were part of the evaluation, and they begin to use it for like 30 to 45 days. They provide weekly feedback, and because the system comes configured, it comes ready to go, and it's about 85 to 90 percent of the way there. We collect feedback from that initial group. We make some tweaks to the configuration, usually weekly, and after 30 days, more or less, the system is totally configured to that department's SOGs, to what they find most relevant, and it's ready to be rolled out. And we also have now just created 10, 15, really well-trained, it's already super easy to use, people who could now roll it out to the rest of their staff. Training is usually done, there are plenty of training videos on our YouTube channel, easy to get to, but it's also we also do some on-site training for some of the larger departments uh, where they literally have hundreds of people that are using the system. And so we can support really any, any training, custom training program that that operation requires. Fantastic. And if people want to learn more about the uh, first do or the, get in touch with you, what would be the best way to do that? So the best thing to do is to go to our website, which is firstdosizeup.com, and you can fill out a contact request form. And one of our uh, members of our team will reach out to get in touch. 
Fantastic. Well, thank you for your continued commitment to innovation to help first responders improve their pre-planning pre incident management. And we look forward to more exciting updates from you in the future. Awesome. Thank you very much, Kevin. Thank you. Take care.